What's up, everyone? Welcome to Cash Pineapples. I was going to say welcome back. I guess we could say welcome back. We've had a couple, you know, we've had Cash Pineapples on YouTube, but we're going to start making this, um, I guess, long story short, high tea will be no more. I'm going to replace it with this. Cash Pineapples podcast every week, in addition to our videos that we've been putting out. I do want to do these podcasts that I'm doing right now as video podcasts, because there are a lot of people that listen to podcasts via YouTube. I'm not one of those people. But hey, I guess a lot of people watch their podcast. Uh, again, I'm not one of those people, but hey, I, we got we to gotta know the market, hey? You know, we got to know our market. So I think that's, I've also said for a while, that's one of the problems with the, the current world is we have too many people listening to books and watching podcasts, you know, should flip those around, might, might fix some things. I am a stickler with that. People try to, you know, I get people mad when I make fun of audiobooks, uh, because I feel like it's not, it doesn't count, you know, people will be like, oh yeah, I read all the, I read a bunch of books last year, I got audiobooks, it's like, no, you listen to podcasts, that's what you did, it's an audio, an audiobook is just a podcast with more direction, let's be honest here, it's a thought out podcast, uh, it's not the same, you're not comprehending it the same, it's not the same skill, I'm not saying it's not good for you, it's beneficial, but it's not the same. Me listening to an album is not the same as practicing guitar, right? It just doesn't translate. So, um, but I digress. Uh, so again, that's why we're doing that. Um, I just want to be able to also like, High Tea was great and I appreciate people that, that uh, listened to it and enjoyed it. This will be, um, this, this will just have more direction. Cash Pineapples will just have more direction. We're going to speak more specifically on stock stuff every stock stuff every week uh finance you know crypto as people know who've listened to this for a long time i'm not massive on the crypto game i'm a bitcoin ethereum guy um so mostly gonna be stocks and it's gonna be more more targeted kind of have more of a direction in that way um so and I'm, I'm sure i'll still randomly talk about what i had for lunch here and there but for the most part it's going to be more focused on that the high t- high tea was great during the pandemic when i was at home all the time and had nothing to really do as far as stand-up or travel or anything it was a way to talk about everything in general um but just going forward i I don't want to you know i don't want to talk about social stuff and politics as much it might come in it might come up via this just because what i'm talking about uh, in the market might have you know some political ties or social whatever but generally i just don't want to talk about that shit as much anymore or at all uh and so and people but often want to listen to the podcast for financial stuff. And so it's like, all right, let's just have this more targeted. Um, so yeah, getting all that worked out. We'll get back to having regular videos coming out uh, hopefully soon. I haven't been able to go into a studio for the last month. As many of you might know, follow me on social media. I broke my leg about a month ago. Um, actually a month to the day. I'm recording this on Sunday, October 3rd. I broke my leg on September 3rd. Uh, on a Friday night, I remember it was going into Labor Day weekend. That's <laughs> how I spent my weekend. I started it off by breaking my leg on an electric skateboard. It was at least badass. I was hauling ass. I was going 30, 35 miles an hour at least. Uh, had my helmet on, thank God. Hit it three times, hit my head three times. So it took a tumble, took a few tumbles. Uh, broke my fibula. Thankfully, didn't break my tibula as well. The fibula is the non weight bearing bone for uh, the non medical folks out there like myself. So I have an MRI tomorrow morning uh, on my foot to see if I need ankle surgery. Let's hope and pray that's not the case. So fingers crossed, say a prayer, whatever you need to do. 
<laughs> to help me out. That'd be great. So doing that tomorrow. But anyways, but I digress. That's kind of why I wasn't able to go into studio and do as much stuff as far as video is concerned. I've also been getting back to traveling a little bit for work stuff. Um, so that's been that's been good. Bounced to Tennessee, Florida, Detroit last week. I head to North Carolina next weekend, followed by Texas, and actually going back to California at the end of this month, if all goes according to plan, if all goes normal, going back to California for a few weeks. So that'll be awesome. It's been over a year and a half since I've been there. Um, anyways, let's get into this stuff. So before we get into like specific like stock stuff, I want to talk about the notes I made this last week. I just kind of want to go over a few things in general, because I've noticed this like massive trend with like financial gurus uh, across social media. And so... One thing I want to point out is be be wary of a lot of these. Obviously, uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be quick to give a lot of them money. Uh, I don't ask people for money yet. Uh, <laughs> I just say I have a Patreon page set up, which is where all the old high T episodes are going to go. By the way, like I still have them. I'll just I'll archive them over there. So if people want to listen to them, it'll be behind a paywall. But there'll be more than that. I'm not going to launch that just yet. It, there is a page for Patreon if you want to go look at it, follow it, whatever. I don't know what you can really do to it yet. But I'll definitely start adding more bonus content to that as it becomes something that we need to do here. But for now, we're just going to keep doing the Cash Pineapples weekly podcast and then probably do uh, a monthly video like we've been doing, kind of where it's like last week tonight, daily show style video on a specific uh, industry. Which, by the way, if you've been following the YouTube videos that we've been doing with Cash Pineapples, I went through and just kind of made a quick glance at if you bought everything that I recommended when you bought it, here's what you'd be up respectively. So, uh, Tesla, the first video we did was about Tesla and EVs. If you had bought Tesla stock then, you'd be up about 40%. I know because I remember buying more at the time at $550. The day that video came out, I bought more Tesla stock uh, at around $550. So you'd be up 40% on Tesla if you followed. I'm just saying what you'd follow blindly because I say this because a lot of these gurus that are coming out are just talking about stuff. because a lot of them had a good year last year. 2020 was good for a lot of people. Like if you didn't make money last year in the stock market, I mean, don't ever just get out of the game, to be honest with you, because you're, you're done. Uh, everyone made money last year, a lot of money. So you know, be aware that a lot of people are talking about last year's numbers because kind of like I, I compare it to like Michael Burry, the guy who called the big short in 2009. It's like, yeah, he made one big call right a long time ago and he's been doing, that's been his calling card ever since. He'll just come out and be like, ah, it's all going to go to hell. He does it every every six months and does a put option and probably makes tons of money, but never as much as he did that first time. So I tr- be wary of one trick, not one trick ponies or one hit wonders, but kind of. So my point of doing this, if you just bought, blindly bought what I've talked about just so far on the YouTube videos, you'd be up 40% on Tesla. Airbnb would be up about 17 to 20%, depending on when you bought it. Uh, Air, uh, Bitcoin, you'd be up about 35%. Square, you'd be up about 18%. Uh, and then the dud, CRISPR, you'd be down about 20%. It's funny that CRISPR, you'd be down 20 because that was the only one that I didn't have in my portfolio before I did the segment. I researched it, bought a little bit because I was like, damn, this is pretty solid. Uh, I still think it'll go back up. It'll be fine. But you'd be down a little bit on that. But overall, you'd be up, I mean, probably at least 25 30%, depending on how you weighted those. If you weighted them evenly, you'd be up at least 30%, I believe. Yeah. So not bad, especially when you consider over that same time frame, let's just do a quick look. I believe all these major indexes have been kind of been taking a hit. So let's see over that same time frame. Let's go six months out. Yeah, I mean, in that same time frame, the Dow is up maybe a percent or two. Um, 
The NASDAQ is down a little bit. Actually, let's look exactly. The Apple app tracker kind of sucks on the iPhones or on my MacBook, what I'm using it for right now. So yeah, you'd be up about 30% of that same time period. The NAS, yep. Uh, the NASDAQ is up like 6%. Uh, the Dow Jones is up 2.3%. And the S&P is up a half percent. So all of them are up barely over that course of that time. But hey, with cash pineapples, you'd be up 30%. Take that to the bank, literally. So just so you just to, I guess, throw that out there. Um, hopefully that continues that way. We've had some favorable markets, so I'm not sitting here. I don't want to get cocky with it and say, hey, everything I say is great because, uh, you know, like always do your own research. But a lot of the stuff that I look into, you'll see a lot of these companies, I'm rarely going to throw at you a, a penny stock or something that's uh, unvetted or not something that's, you know, at least worth a couple billion in market cap. The only company that I really recommended that was smaller in market cap was Novonix in January. If people were really paying attention to not cash pineapples, but this, you know, when I was doing high tea podcast, I talked about Novonix in January. And if you bought that in January, you'd be up 175%, I believe. Uh, if not more, if you waited a little bit and kind of bought it on the dip, but if you bought it around when I did, you'd be about 170, 175%. So, just just to just to note <laughs> and also uh other ones if you caught early palo alto networks people are probably doing well on that google if you bought that i've been talking about square for a long time so a lot of these things i've mentioned uh, uh before but just to kind of further go into that like i kind of want to before i go into again more specific stuff kind of detail what's worked for me first things first one overall long-term investor that wins time in the market beats timing the market we talk about it all the time um a lot of people get in it and they go, sweet, I made made some money. I'm going to start day trading. That's when you start messing it up. I have a separate day trade account on Webull. If you want to start a Webull account, send me a message and I'll send you a link so you get free stock to open one. And I'll also get some. So yeah, definitely do that. I actually might send some more money to that account soon. But I literally set up a, an account with a few thousand dollars just to mess around with and say, hey, whatever happens in here happens. Do whatever you want in this account, but don't mess with the big account. So Sometimes it helps to do that, to distract yourself with something else. So overall, be a long-term investor. If you want to do short-term plays, make a separate account for that with less money that you don't care about losing. Now, ultimately, we don't want to lose money, but like I, you know, sometimes taking money that's not life-changing can be life-changing. So do that on that side. Uh, but I try to follow like a few core investing strategies, like having a theory always helps, but there are a couple of tricks before I go into those investing principles. Uh, there's a couple of tricks I have. If you're a novice investor or an experienced investor, there's a couple of things I do that have worked for me. Uh, don't log in on rent days on red days to your account. Don't even look at it. Don't log into your main account and look at how much money you lost that day. Why you're a long-term investor. You're not going to sell unless you're making moves to buy something. Why look, why look and stress yourself out? Seeing that red and seeing all that money down, the emotional response to that is not good. So just don't do it. You know, I've went through entire like weeks of corrections, not looking at shit. And I've probably, you know, losing pl plenty of money and just don't look at it. Look when it comes back up. Cause I'll even wait for it to come. I'll be like, Oh sweet. It's coming back up hard. It's a couple of big days. I still won't log in. Cause I know it'll still be down. Uh, so to help with that, use a stock trapper tracker app separate from your brokerage account. When you're logging into your stocks, don't always log in, like don't log into the account to check your stocks. Use a stock tracker app. The Apple has one built in, that stock app. It's fine on the iPhone. It used to be a lot better 
that app I've noticed now kind of pushes a lot of paywall articles, a lot of Apple Plus articles, like premium news, like Apple News Plus articles, whatever they call it, their premium service. So be aware of that. They do push a lot of that stuff now. Uh, I use a great app on my Android. That's that's it's called My Stock Portfolio. It looks like a little bull, like a little bull is like the logo. That that one is great. It law it shows after hours, pre market, futures trading. You can do different accounts. Like I have a short account list, my principal account list on there. You can track all your stocks. And then what's great about both the Apple one and this My Stock Tracker app is you click on it and read all the articles about all your stocks. Like I say, read everything, trust nothing. So always be going through seeing what's going on with your stuff. That's where I learn a lot of information. When I'm bored uh, traveling or wherever, if I'm like waiting in line somewhere, that's what I always do. I check my app and I just read articles. Just read everything. See what the sentiment is. See what's, what are people talking about? What are people saying? You know, generally have your own thought about your company and reasons why you're investing in it but generally you know see what, what's going on what are people talking about it um another thing don't deploy your cash at once that's not a a new principle to anyone that's a warren buffett trick dollar cost averaging don't deploy all your cash at once do it periods of time like put a little bit in as it goes lower put a little more a little more in so dollar cost average dollar cost averaging works but at the same time when you're really confident in the stock don't be afraid to buy in larger sums I say that all the time to people because sometimes you can get so caught up in the, the conservative side of dollar cost averaging, which is fine. It's great. But sometimes you really know something like pull the trigger, you know, like looking back at some of the moves I made, some of the bigger purchases of like Square or Tesla I made back in the day. You know, I'm glad I didn't dollar cost average some of them. Now I have since, but those initial buys like make if you really believe in something and you do your research and you do your due diligence, pull the trigger. Now, don't be a cowboy, but. Like I said, when you're really confident, don't be afraid to go in larger sums. Uh, stay away from options trading if you don't know what you're doing. If you don't know what an options contract is, definitely don't go near them. Uh, just a quick crash course on options. A call option means you're betting on a stock to go up at a certain time. A put option means you're betting for a stock to go down at a certain time. I don't want to go into specifics about it. We can at some point if someone wants. If people have enough questions about it, we can go into specifics on options. Maybe we'll do another episode on that specifically. But generally, it's it's really risky. It's where a lot of insider trading goes on. And you'll see why as you learn more about it. But the best way to learn about options is I compare it to sports betting. Because it's not as simple as just buying an options contract. The The options contract prices are based on volatility in the market, how, how things are moving. So it's just like if markets are swinging highly, you know, one way or the other, options contracts get a lot more expensive because in volatile markets, you know, those swings are a little more predictable. So you got to pay more to make that gamble. It's like sports betting. I'm telling you, if you think it's a sure bet, they'll make the they'll make the line just good enough to where it's not a, a safe bet and to usually where the house wins. So stay away from options for the most part. Uh, during a correction, stay in your lane. I made this mistake one time, uh, kind of this year I did. I bought a couple of companies as they were kind of on a falling knife. And if I would have been falling a little bit better, I would. Now, luckily, I didn't put a lot of money in them. But, you know, when things are correcting, stay in your lane. Use that as an opportunity to just add to positions of companies you already believe in. Uh, another thing, don't pay anyone to manage your money. You got it. You, I say it all the time. Like, people, hey, you're smart. You know where to put your money. If, you're, if, you, if your eyes are open, you're looking around, you know who's making money. You know where to put it. You know Apple's making money. You know Google's making money. You know Amazon's making money. I always tell people about Google. They think like, oh, the stock's too high or this or that. I'm like, look, man, there's so much more on tap with Google. And I say, if you think someone else is going to come out and be better than Google, if you think there's someone that's going to do Google better than Google, let me know. And if you think that, then don't touch it. But if so, then I would maybe buy some. So... Those are just a couple of tricks. Now, a couple of my core investing strategies, pineapple principles, if you will. 
Uh, I look for good partnerships, good partnerships, strategic partnerships, but good partnerships. Seeing when like a company's partnering with someone else, like a good example recently we'll talk about later is Amazon and Affirm partnering. A buy now, pay later fintech company partnering with Amazon, massive e-commerce. Great business, makes sense. Fintech's blowing up, buy now, pay later's huge. Amazon can now tap into a much larger market. Bam, that makes sense. Win-win. So just one quick good example. Good partnerships. Uh, another one that I've used all the time, Google buying YouTube for a couple billion dollars. Now they make what they paid for Google, what they paid for YouTube on YouTube ad revenue every three weeks at Google. It's amazing. So those good partnerships, Facebook buying Instagram for a billion dollars. Could there have been a better billion dollars spent? I don't know if they could have spent a better billion dollars at the time. People thought they were crazy, but they've a hundred X that money, if not more. I don't know what Instagram is worth, but it's got to be worth at least a hundred billion. You would think, right? Um, so good partnerships, disruptive potential, look for disruption because then you don't have to worry about the metrics as much. If you're following a company that's disrupting an industry, seeing what Tesla did to the car market, what Airbnb could do to travel, what Square is doing to fintech, what uh, Shopify and Amazon have done to e-commerce. Like When you look at those companies, you don't have to look at the metrics as much because they're disrupting entire industries. And when you do look at the metrics, they get thrown off a little bit. Like high growth tech stocks kind of don't play, don't follow the original, the traditional game. If you were betting like a real old school investor and you looked at some of the, the, the Ford PE and price to sales and some of these tech stocks, your head would spin. But you kind of got to throw that out the window sometimes to some of these disruptive tech companies. Uh, so also another principle, how quickly do they innovate? Something I pay attention quote closely to, it's probably why I won't buy more Spotify stock. Not Shopify, Spotify, the music company. Uh, because they didn't innovate quick enough. I've, I've seen them try to like, you know, as this podcasting stuff's been blowing up, they've been doing a good job, but they could have been doing way better. They were slow to integrate with Apple TV. They kind of dropped the ball with the Joe Rogan thing, not integrating that onto their platform right away with video and also making it compatible with streaming TV, like uh, Apple TV and stuff like that. Their premium music service, they've been slow to get out. So stuff like that kind of versus a company like Square. Look how quickly Square has innovated in the last year. They went from being like just a credit card reader to being an entire mobile bank within the span of like a year and a half. I mean, it's pretty amazing how quickly they've innovated. I'm I'm genuinely shocked. There was a couple of things I laid out last year being like, all right, they're going to do this, 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 this. I thought it would take them two to five years. They did it in a year, year and a half. Uh, so that mixed in with like foresight, the foresight of a company. If they're able to look into the future, that's why I love Jack Dorsey. That's why I love Elon Musk. You could hate Jeff Bezos, but he's good at that too. Like being able to see what's coming and, and being ready for it. And then lastly, strategic acquisitions uh, and investments. That kind of goes into like what I was saying with the Google buying YouTube. Um, or like uh, another good example, Shopify partnering with a firm back in, the, uh, in January. A firm buy now, pay later. Shopify made them their exclusive provider of all their online merchants. For that exclusivity, a firm gave Shopify 20 million shares for a penny a piece. Not too shabby when you think that a firm stock is 120 10 15 120 dollars a stock a share i forget i haven't looked recently uh so crazy right so there's just a few things to keep out for if you're newer to this game or if you're in the game you know there's a couple of things that have worked for me over the years and i have of course 2020 was a good year for me but i've been at it for a few years now and i've had decent returns uh year to year not trying to butter my bread here but again when we're coming to like when you're coming to someone for financial stuff you kind of want to know that they know what they're doing and that they've made some money right so there you go uh and those are kind of my remember those like core like those tricks and those those investing principles i talk about those all the time i remind myself of those all the time i'll probably bring them up on this podcast constantly to remind you and myself but 
<clears throat> those things can really help. Now, let's get into some more specific stuff that's going on with stocks this week. So we've explained this before uh, and briefly in a couple of the video cash pineapple episodes, but the trash, the, the trash, the 10 year treasury yield is kind of starting to spike up again. Anytime that happens, high growth tech stocks tend to be affected by it. So you'll see uh, a lot of the stocks that I'm big into, a lot of the NASDAQ will sell off whenever inflation is going up with the 10 year treasury yield. The 10 year treasury yield is a good measure of inflation because when it goes up, it means people are taking money out of stocks and, and, more liquid investments that are risky and putting them into boring ass 10 year bonds that get whatever percentage they're saying. So I think it went up to like 1.7%. Now it's at like 1.4, 1.5. But anytime that creeps up, high growth tech sells off. Reason being, uh, a lot of hedge fund algorithms are just written that way. A lot of hedge funds, the way they buy and sell their stocks now are just written by really advanced algorithms. Algorithms rule our entire world. So why wouldn't they rule hedge funds, right? So anytime that creeps up, the hedge fund algorithms are automatically uh, triggered to sell off because when inflation rises, the future earnings of those growth tech stocks goes down because that money has less value in the future now because of inflation, but those revenues are already priced into current stock. It's silly, but it's what happens. So that's kind of what's been going on uh, with the whole treasury yield inflation. It's going to probably keep happening. You got a little bit of uh, uncertainty with this whole federal budget, the government being out of money by October 18th. But hey, this happens all the time. I don't know what they're going to do to fix it. Obviously, pr print more money. Hey, buy more Bitcoin. I did last week on one of the bigger dips, like when I went for what, 42,000, 41,000. Um, ready to come in and buy more if it keeps going. So that's kind of what's going on. Uh, and then in the general uh, broader market, kind of some quick notes. I know Tesla has some deliveries coming up, some uh, earnings reports. They should, from what I've noticed, I've, I'm hearing they should be crushing those deliveries. They've been kind of doing that every quarter for the last year and a half. So uh, and wouldn't be surprised if I see the stock sell off after like the, I could see them beating earnings and the stock taking a little bit of a cool off and then surging again a week later. That tends to happen a lot with Tesla. So be aware for that uh, when they report earnings. Kathy Wood reiterates her price target of $3,000 a share by 2025. And Elon Musk confirmed it. He's like, yeah, if we execute. Me and a couple of my uh, friends who are heavy to Tesla stock have said the same thing where it's like, yes, they need to execute though. And that's true. Um, kind of getting a little bit delayed with Giga Berlin and the Cybertruck. So that's kind of affecting them. But if they're going to keep crushing it with deliveries of their current vehicles, it kind of doesn't matter. Lucid's already eating shit like we talked about um, in the 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 uh, the Tesla EV video that we put out. I don't see them going anywhere good. They're going to need to have build another factory just to come up to within 100,000 units a year of Tesla. And they're they're projected to do that hopefully within the next 10 years. I don't think it's going to happen at, at any point. So, you know, if you want to invest in a company that has a 10 year goal of doing what Tesla did during a pandemic, then go for it. Or you could just buy more Tesla. Hey, what do I know? Um, I do think it's funny that uh, Richard Branson and Virgin in, are getting investigated because uh, basically he ignored some safety protocols, which this whole like space contest is hilarious because it's like Bezos and Richard Branson are fighting to go up into space. And Elon's kind of being like, yeah, guys, like do your thing. I don't care if you go be space cowboys. I'm working on SpaceX and shooting up Starlink satellites to take over the world. So go ahead and see who goes up higher in the space and doesn't really go into space. They're going suborbit. So let's do that. Go for it. I'll just be working on SpaceX. 
Again, I still wish I could get access to SpaceX. It's a privately held company. You know the second it goes public, I'll try to get some at a reasonable price. But currently, the only way you can get it, like we've talked about on this show, is buy Google stock. Google's a great stock for a lot of reasons anyways, but specifically, they own 75 to 8% of SpaceX. So you can get some exposure to SpaceX via Google. Um, what's also really interesting, too, Tesla had their AI day a couple of weeks ago, and everyone kind of made fun of it because they released this AI robot that everyone's kind of making fun of. And I forget the specs of it. I'm going to look it up right now. The Tesla AI robot size. But basically, they're, they're, what's cool about this is Tesla is going to make their own chips, which as we know with the chip shortage is going to be uh, important. But they showed up this AI robot that's going to be using this new chip that they're developing. The Tesla bot stands at just 5 foot 8 inches tall and weighs 125 pounds. And everyone's getting all mad. They're being like, oh, this is... This robot, oh, it's basically what, what Elon can bench press then. It's like Elon's bench press size. People are making that joke on Twitter. And it's like, look, man, why would you want an AI robot that can kick your ass? I want an AI robot that if it gets a little lippy, I can roundhouse it to the face. And five foot eight, I can reach that with my foot. 125 pounds, no problem. So you, you want the AI robot to be a little smaller, right? Perfect for helping around the house. But if it gets a little lippy, you want to be able to knock it in line a little bit. So no problem there. Um, because that same chip deal, I noticed Elon Musk came out and said he was against the ARM deal with NVIDIA. ARM is a UK chip maker. They make like generic chips, basically, and NVIDIA, a massive semiconductor company that makes the best chips in the world and graphics cards, is trying to acquire them and should, hopefully. And Elon's against it, which is fine. I get it. It's competition. He doesn't want NVIDIA to get bigger and bigger and take over the chip market. So I understand that, especially because NVIDIA is, I believe that their chips are some of the AI uh, chips that uh, NEO uses. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of other auto manufacturers use NEO uh, chips in their, not in their autonomous vehicles, but even if a vehicle's not autonomous, t- every vehicle has AI now. So they have autonomous features, even if they're not fully autonomous. Um, Tesla insurance also may be available as soon as next month in Texas. The rates could be 20 to 30% lower for customers because couple of reasons mainly because tesla can track their cars a lot better and get provide better data for their insurance agents and if they're going to service them themselves i remember reading something saying how like they can provide better um basically better maintenance and service because they can do it through their own i guess dealerships or locations whatever they'd be um so that could be available next soon as next month in texas it's gonna be a little bit slower to come to other states because of the red tape so go figure it's coming to texas first uh, and then also, this was kind of making headlines last week. Kathy Wood and Ark Invest trimmed $270 million worth of Tesla stock from their portfolio. Again, as we talked about, she's famously the Tesla bull with the $3,000 price target. But she's been doing this for almost two years now. Anytime Tesla goes on a run, which it kind of has recently, she trims some to maintain a 10% weight in the portfolio. It's still their biggest holding, probably always will be for at least the next five to seven years. So... But Kathy does this all the time. Trim $270 million because, again, it was going up. Doesn't mean she doesn't believe in the stock any less. It just means they're trimming the portfolio because that's what that's what big money does. So don't stress about that. That's just kind of some of those articles people try to put out there and go, look at this. She sold the stock. Oh, my God. It's like, who cares, man? Not a big deal. Um, this was interesting. Let's step off Tesla. Let's go on to Amazon. Another, you know, another one of those small companies no one's ever heard of. Uh, Amazon wants to bring in-person healthcare to over 20 cities by next year. That should be interesting. I don't. I don't see why not. I guess I could. That's been their next. They've been trying to get into healthcare for a while. So hey, why not? That's going to help boost the stock. I'm sure, just like everything else. But what was really interesting is this week was I seeing a lot of articles about Amazon supporting legal weed across the country. 
uh, mainly because they need more warehouse workers. And I'm not saying like, I think like the numbers like nationwide, I think it's like 10 to 12% of all adults smoke weed regularly nationwide now. And that's going to be skewed in certain states. So like in states like California, Colorado, Michigan, Illinois, like the legal rec states, I'm sure it's way more than 10 to 12%. But when you mix it in with the nationwide, it has that average. So that's a lot. Like that's a lot of people, right? So Amazon is trying to basically expunge drug records or weed records and also not have it be coming up, come up on drug tests anymore for anyone basically they need like another hundred thousand warehouse workers and let's be honest uh warehouse workers i would say 100 percent of them smoke weed so you're gonna need to not have those tests because you're not gonna have any warehouse workers so they want the warehouse workers for one but two uh, both amazon and google actually want legal weed because they want the ad revenue uh, a lot of these weed companies, all like the the companies that make processing like processing facilities, make the like the edibles or any of these dispensaries or any of these marketing any anything related to weed, they can't advertise on Amazon and Google right now because it's federally illegal. So Amazon and Google, yes, they want people to not have to deal with those drug tests because yeah, who cares? It's 2021. We shouldn't be testing for that anymore. But really, they want that ad revenue because that's the big paradigm shift with like all this like Amazon and Google is like. You know, when you think of like how advertising used to be our whole life, like even growing up or look back to like even, but you know, before the, you know, before my time, I was born in 87. You look at like how big print media was back in the day or like radio ads or TV ads and billboards, all that stuff is going away and shifting to Google and Amazon. It's all going digital. They're vacuuming up all that ad revenue in addition to their e-commerce business like Amazon, AWS, their cloud computing like Google. So it's like, it's just a power vacuum for all that. So they really want it because they want to be able to <laughs> advertise. Now, the guy at the dispenser I went to last week to pick up a couple of cartridges. Hey, again, shout out to Earl King, our uh, our good friends that help uh, hook us up from time to time uh, with lovely products that they make down or right here in Michigan. Uh, Earl King concentrates. They make uh, the best cartridges on the planet. They make amazing edibles, um, sodas that I have coming out. Uh, all sorts of stuff. And they make, um, of course, like all the constant, like the wax. I don't know what we, uh, if you want to call it wax or the crumbles. I don't do dabs as much. It's not really my thing anymore. I do like them and I'll always take them. People give them to me. Um, but anyways, plug out to Earl King. Check them out if you're in the Southwest Michigan or in Michigan. They're all over Michigan and probably in Illinois too. But uh, Amazon, the guy at the dispensary was saying how Amazon wants to deliver weed soon. I'm now again, I'm not sure how much i buy that <laughs> but hey who knows i i don't i don't know it could we could who knows um but he was like oh yeah amazon wants to start selling weed if they do that they'll be selling houses for 100 bucks delivering it to your door and we're not gonna be able to be in business much with at that point and i was like yeah man I, I hear you in the back of my head i was like that's never gonna happen that's like we're we're very far away from that happening but hey who knows uh amazon is still the number one held stock by hedge funds and again hedge funds don't lose so know that they did, like we talked about, made a recent Affirm partnership. I think that's super important. It's great for Affirm, but really it's great because it's great for Amazon because essentially they're getting no risk to this. Uh, I don't have any Affirm stock yet. I've been looking at it as a possibility. I do like these buy now, pay later companies. Their revenues are crazy. But I did read an article recently saying that like a third of all buy now, pay later customers are already in default, not making their payments. So that's not good because what I've what I found out is these companies assume all that risk. So if a firm is taking on all that risk, if that's the company, let's use a firm for that example, they're taking on all that risk. So uh, what their deal with Amazon is any purchase over $50, if you want to use a firm, you can. And so once that purchase is made, 
you know, Amazon gets their their price minus their fee to a firm, and now it's up to a firm to correct collect the rest of the money. So Amazon's only out that little fee to a firm, which is probably very similar to a no like a credit card fee that they already pay to other vendors. So it's probably right in that world. But so now they get an expo- they get exposure to way more customers because of the buy now pay later, but have no exposure to the risk. A firm takes all that risk. So Amazon's expanding their customer base for minimal risk. And no, like a minimal fee, wait, minimal fee and no risk. Let's say that, not even minimal risk. It's minimal fee and no risk. We'll see how it plays out for a firm. It's why I'm not buying their stock yet. I want to see if they can collect on this because they're essentially a collections agency. Well, not a collections agency, but let's be real. They're going to be going after people for this money in a lot of cases. And so far, a third of the cases. It's a lot. It's not not good out of the gate. So, but again, I like good partnerships. Good to see whatever. Um, in that same world of Amazon, people know I'm a big Shopify holder. Shopify has been taking a beating recently. So that's actually one that I would kind of keep an eye on. Uh, if you're looking to get in, make a position on Shopify, it's getting close to some pretty good buy points. Um, cause a lot of the price targets are over 1700, 1800 a share looking closer to 2000 now for a lot of them. And the stock kind of hovers around 1300, 1350 right now. And what's really interesting is Shopify traffic just passed Amazon's for the first time last quarter. That's huge. So basically it's like the sum of all small businesses is proving to be bigger than the big, big business online, which has always been the case for America as a whole, like small businesses have always been the backbone of this country, but they were brick and mortar. But now we're seeing that small businesses online can also be the backbone of this, of the country. And Shopify is kind of showing that with their traffic uh, versus Amazon. Also a cool thing with Shopify is they're partnering with Roku. So if merchants want to make their own targeted ad campaigns, they can do that and advertise in the Roku channel. So that's, I love that. Because that just kind of shows me where market like I could see that being the next wave of like, uh, like streaming ad revenue, like kind of like how we had TV commercials before, like when you would watch uh, like any tele like any show on on cable, you would have your national commercials, but then mixed in you'd have like local car dealerships and local commercials. I could so see that happening with uh, companies like Hulu. I'd probably I think it's already happening with Hulu, but all these apps could do it their own way. Not even have to even sell. They could just do it straight on their app, not even through the shows. So like Roku could do it, Apple could do it. Netflix, I know, never will. It's kind of been like their calling card not to do ads. But if companies want to do targeted ads, it's great. We're, like These merchants could make their own commercials and then pay for targeted ad space on streaming services. That's really cool and interesting. Um, so that was announced, I think, last week or two weeks ago with Shopify. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on that. Uh, another one that we want to talk about this week, Square. You know, how could we not? I'm big on Square. Let's be boring with Square again. People are probably sick of me talking about it. But they're finally starting to expand into international markets. Canada and France this week. Kind of putting some bigger businesses over there, making some big partnerships, making some waves in Canada. Uh, they joined an open source patent network. So basically, there's this like, uh, let me look it up. Open Square joins Sneeze. <laughs> open source yeah so it's basically it's basically a patent group for small businesses essentially you can find the article on another but it's square's always been good about this if you want to find the article on your own time go for it it's an open source patent network i forget the name of it i don't want to waste my time looking for it but essentially they're 
promoting more small businesses, like always. What I've noticed looking at this uh, at Square this week, they're kind of still a value play. Even though the stock looks high and people keep saying it's overvalued, I don't think so. I still think it's a good buy. I bought more Square recently at like 240-something. It's at 239. I might buy. If it keeps taking a, a hit, I'll keep buying more this week. I still think it's a value play. Their price to sale is only seven, which is Apple level numbers as far as price to sales is concerned. And that tells us how much cash they're bringing in. So if their stock price is worth that much and their price to sales is still only seven, that means they're bringing in hella cash because it's keeping that ratio down. So it's like, hey, love seeing that. They also recently partnered with TikTok to tap into a new business market. Just like Instagram influencers, hey, TikTok's, TikTok's getting into that world, and Square's going to help them with it. And people like our good friend Kathy Wood noticed at ARK Invest. ARK picked up another $50 million worth of share in Square stock this week. And then, like, I'm sure if you've been following some financial news, you've been seeing this Evergrande thing in, in China. Like, one of the biggest uh, conglomerates in China is about to default on some stuff, some major, major loans. And people think it might, might trigger a, a larger correction, larger market fallout. I think it's going to be a hit to traditional banks because it's a clear example of banks overstretching their risk with a company like Evergrande and now they can't pay it back. So I think it'll only help companies like Square and PayPal because it's going to be another blow to traditional banks. And you've seen it as that Evergrande news was spreading last week, JP Morgan and all these big banks were taking a shit. So, and, and good, good. They deserve it. They're dumb. Like, I don't know how they're still businesses. Some of them like Goldman Sachs. I don't know how they're like, Goldman Sachs shouldn't be a business. How they avoided the fraud rings of the early 2000s is beyond me. But hey, respect. I love a good grift. And Goldman Sachs, by the way, they issued a sell a sell rating on Airbnb. One of my babies. I've been talking about Square, uh, Airbnb since they debuted uh, IPO last December. I went to the New York Stock Exchange the day they went public. Not that I needed to to go live. I just wanted to be a dork and do it. And so I did. But Goldman Sachs recently issued a sell rating on Airbnb and a $137 price target, which is fine. But it literally took me all of two articles to see why they might be saying that. Because one of their buy rating stocks is Expedia. So, of course, if you're issuing a buy rating on Expedia, you're probably not going to be big on Airbnb. So, whatever. Again, Goldman Sachs, don't know how they're still a thing. Airbnb kind of hinted towards they might start accepting crypto as payment. The CEO of uh, Coinbase used to work at Airbnb, funny enough. So, Brian Chesky, the CEO of Airbnb, kind of made that comment this week. Uh, so hey, who knows? I don't know if that'll help the stock anyway. It's just I, I that's cool. I again, I like companies that are forward thinking and want to innovate. So if Bitcoin's kind of the future, and Airbnb's like, yeah, we'll take Bitcoin for payments, then hey, then good, by all means. So, and Airbnb's been kind of creeping back up again. We talked about like when we did the Airbnb, we did the Airbnb cash pineapples episode. I remember uh, my producer bought a hundred and fifty shares no he bought 100 shares that day at like 150 dollars like 15 grand worth he's up quite a bit now it's like 175 a share and again that's just it's just uh it's only gonna i think we still see more upside for airbnb i said if you listen to some of the twitter spaces conversations or the uh any of the talks i had with mike rippy at investorly over the spring late early summer I talked about Airbnb being a good re not in just a reopening play, but a good long-term high, you know, disruptive growth stock. I mean, look, they're disrupting the travel industry. We use Airbnb like a Google, like like we use Google already. People call Air everything Airbnb. If it's not an Airbnb, they call it an Airbnb. So it's it's we ha it has brand recognition. And I kept saying if Airbnb can post like three consecutive earnings beats, 
that stock will be 250 plus. If they can keep doing it, I mean, 300, sky's the limit. Because they're tapping a market. I mean, it's trillions and trillions of dollars. And they can expand their business for not and not that much cost to them because they're, they're all online. So they can just kind of grow without having to build brick and mortar. So I'm still very bullish on Airbnb. I will continue to be. I haven't bought more shares recently. I might. If it takes a little bit of a dip from this current level, I think I might. But they report earnings again. I forget. Uh, I think this week. Let's just do a quick search. Uh, Airbnb earnings date uh okay that doesn't help okay it's, none of this helps <laughs> uh i thought they were supposed to i know they're supposed to report soon oh report second quarter they report on oh i don't know we'll see they're just telling me second quarter stuff but third quarter third i can't talk q3 earnings should be up sooner than later because we just started quarter four whatever keep an eye on it i think that's kind of why the stock's been running up recently because they are reporting in earnings and i'm sure just inside information people probably know something's going on um kind of like with novonics i was talking about this with a good friend of mine who we both invested in he kind of beat me by it by a little bit he was what tipped me off to it initially um but novonics like novonics has been on a tear they and we know they they merged not merged but they were acquired 16 percent of their company was acquired by philip 66 to the tune of 150 million so that should put like a two dollar floor on the stock like that should be like that's basically like the floor of the that's essentially what philip 66 bought them at that valuation but the stock is now at like 480 went over five dollars last week so me and a, a friend were talking like dude what's going on like what do they know like there's got to be some sort of insider trading going on there's got to be something someone knows something because yes that philip 66 acquisition did help boost the stock and probably should put it to like two 250 maybe even three dollars but to go from three dollars into four into five something's going on like i i really do think someone else might be preparing an acquisition or that acquisition already came through and these people like word got out and ins insiders are buying stock or it's executives that are buying stock something's going on and we'll find out later we don't know yet clearly but something's going on that's not just normal that's not just regular business, right? So keep an eye on Novonics. I think our initial price target was $10 plus a share. <laughs> it's at five. So it's still more room to grow, obviously. Like again, it's like they're a battery research company. So as the EV as the EV plays or the, the EV boom continues, they'll continue to make money because they're just they'll be able to suck up business from all the EV competitors, all the companies. And again, I hope someone like Tesla buys them or acquires more of them. Philip 66 bought 16%. So there's still plenty of Novonics to go around, right? Oh, man. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff there. I think I'm going to wind this down. Uh, I want to make sure I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. But this is, again, this is kind of what these episodes are going to be like every week. I'm going to start making more uh, notes on these. Clearly, I, I, you know, a lot of this is me going off the top of my head. But there was a lot of more of these. I'm making more detailed notes for this, as you can tell. A lot of these specific notes I didn't have off the top of my head. So I'm going to be, you know, by doing by doing the podcast this way, it's kind of be a more, uh, it'll be easier to do it every week. Well, hopefully we can do video every week, but if not, I'll still be able to do an audio episode every week, if nothing else. So something people can watch or listen to every week for what's going on, what I'm looking at, what I might be buying. Um, and actually I might end that. I might end segments every week with something like that. What I might be looking at, what I'm buying and, and let's do that now, I guess. So I did buy more Nvidia last week. I bought more square last week, but as far as what I'm looking at to buy currently, 
Um, I've been tracking a couple of stocks for a long time, like Affirm, Etsy, Facebook. I don't own any of those stocks, but I do think they're going to do well. Facebook I don't own because it's just, it's like the one like ethical comp like, like line I draw on the sand is just, Facebook's evil. And I just, I don't know, but they're going to keep making money. So it's like, Hey, why don't I join them? Um, Palo Alto networks, Airbnb is one to keep an eye on. Amazon's getting close to buy levels as it gets closer to 3000. I want to pick up more squares looking very attractive at 239. but outside of that, nothing really, you know, um, I almost don't want to rec. I'm not going to recommend this to buy. Maybe do your own re definitely do your own research on it. But Zillow is a stock I'm down like 45% on. Again, didn't spend much money on it. Maybe a couple thousand. Uh, but I'm down like 45, 50% on Zillow. It's at 90 bucks a share. So I do think they they have more upside, for sure. That stock has just been like pummeled. And Kathy Wood is still big on it. Like I know she bought more shares recently. So at 90 bucks a share, if you're looking for a cheaper stock to maybe way I look at it this way, I look at it this way. You're not going to find a better lottery ticket. That's kind of sometimes how I look at some of these plays like Zillow at 90 bucks. I mean, could it go down more? Yeah, sure. But there's not much more downside left. I don't think. Holy shit. So, you know, again, if you're in it for the long haul, great time to pick up some shares. CRISPR's at 111. Pretty, pretty solid price for CRISPR considering. Um, but outside of that, that's kind of where my mind is at right now. If you have specific questions on stocks you might be looking at, always let me know. I'll go through them every week. I didn't go through questions this week because I just had a lot of information to cover, I feel. But I always go through my DMs and my Facebook messages and texts, and I'll bring up a couple of those questions every week that are worth mentioning. But if you do have specific stuff or want to know stuff, uh, you know, write out and let me know. But this is what's going to be, you know. This will add video. We'll still do the, the video segments highlighting stocks every, you know, a, uh, a certain industry every month. Um, but at least by doing this, we'll be able to put out episodes every week, whether they're video or not, because if nothing else, I can always put out audio on the road. Um, and I do, I will get a, I probably will get a camera to travel with. It's just sometimes I don't like traveling with all that equipment if I'm doing like shorter flights, whatever. I, that's information. No one needs to, it's too much. It's too much cholesterol at this point. It's too much information, but that's it. Hey, Hope you enjoyed it. If you have more stuff you want to talk about, let me know. Follow this podcast like you already are. Uh, if you want to go subscribe to the YouTube, go ahead and do that. Cash Pineapples on YouTube. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next time, gang. Bye.